Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. I think it's safe to say that we often uh, have curiosity about a lot of reasons. I think everyone here probably has gone through life wondering some things. Uh, The ladies here have gone through life wondering, why does my husband leave his socks throughout the entire house? The men here have gone through life wondering, what is the reason behind my wife asking me, how do I look in this? Or does this make me look fat? For the kid on vacation, every parent wonders, what's the reason that as you drive and as you continue down the road, uh, every stop you make, they question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Even as you're still driving. I've hit a point with our kids when they ask, are we there yet? I say, yeah, hop out. (laughs) For the teenager, the reason they wonder, the 14-year-old, he says, hey, dad, why do I have to wait till I'm 16? to get my license. Why can't I just get it now? In life, a lot of questions arise. In life, we go through with curiosity as to why certain things happen. Why do certain people do what they do? Why do certain people go where they go, say what they say? And tonight, I believe we've spent some time looking at probably the most, the most frequently questioned and most important question that could ever be asked. And the question is, what is the reason behind Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? What did he do? Why is he so important? If he is such a great historical figure, why can't people agree on who he was, where he was, and what he did? What is the reason for Jesus Christ? And I believe tonight that if you've spent some time listening and and tuning in tonight, then you got that answered. That the reason for Jesus Christ coming, the reason behind the birth of Jesus Christ, the reason behind his uh, perfect, miracle-filled life, the reason behind his selfless and sacrificial death, and the reason behind his resurrection is simply one word, and that word is you. You. You and me, we are the reason, mankind is the reason for Christ coming to this earth. You see, the truth is that Jesus desires that you and I would find two things in him. Many things that we could talk about, but two specific things we're going to talk about tonight. Number one, Jesus came in order that you and I might have what we call redemption. It means to be bought back. The second reason is Jesus came so that you and I might have a relationship. This is the entire reason that Jesus came into the world for redemption and for relationship. 
This is the entire reason that he came through a young virgin and it was prophesied uh, hundreds of years before he would come. And then it was given to this young lady. The word of God says in the, the book of Luke in chapter number one, verses 26 through 28, as Mary hears for the very first time that she would be the mother of Jesus Christ. Notice what it says. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth would be 14 miles southeast of the Sea of Galilee, a little podunk town where you would not expect anything good to come from. As a matter of fact, in John chapter number one, Nathaniel, a man, would ask this question, can any good thing come from Nazareth? It was the opposite side of the track, so to speak. It was somewhere that people uh, wanted to simply drive through, not drive through, and they drove through in their Camelacs. That was bad, I know. Uh, it was a town that you did not want to be from. You simply wanted to uh, travel through. And even then, you did not want to do that. Well, the Gabriel come. Gabriel, the angel, comes to Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. He was of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel, he came in unto her, and he said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And, and when she saw him, she was troubled. Oh, not troubled at the sight of him. I mean, you and I, we would pass out seeing an angel. That's what I would be afraid of. We're going through a little series on Sunday mornings called Fear Not. And we looked last week at her fear. No doubt we would be frightened at the sight of an angel, but that's not what she was frightened at. Notice what she's frightened at. It says that she was troubled at his saying. And she began to cast in her mind, that phrase mean to, means to deliberate like a jury. She began to toss around ideas, cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Why is he saying this, that I'm highly favored? That means surrounded by grace, that the Lord is with me, that God is, that, that Jehovah, Shalom God could be with me. Uh, what does that mean? What does it mean that I'm blessed among women that women are speaking highly of me. And she began to cast in her mind what manner of a greeting this could be. What is he about to say? Am I going to die? What's going on? And we read the angel says unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Mary, you have incredible grace with God. And behold, stop, pay attention, listen up. I want to give you, Mary, what's going on thou shalt conceive in thy womb and, and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he, Jesus, shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how, how can this be? How shall this be, seeing I, I know not a man? I've never been physically involved with a man. I'm still a virgin. How can this be? And the angel answered. And he said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that whole, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, verse 37, for with God, or because with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
and Mary's spirit, the heart, this little 14, 15-year-old young girl from, from the, the other side of the tracks, the, from uh, Podunkville, Nazareth, she says, an incredible answer. She says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, the servant of God, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Oh, listen, on that night when the angel came to or when the, the angel Gabriel came to Mary, Mary no doubt wondered what is the reason behind this. And yet, in that very first announcement of the of Jesus Christ coming, the reason was given that he shall be the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He has sent his name as Jesus, Jehoshua, Joshua, salvation, Savior of the world. Oh, from the very first time that it was announced, it was given exactly who Jesus was and exactly why he would come. Notice, if you will, the story continues with Joseph. Joseph, this man who Mary is espoused to or betrothed to or engaged to. In Jewish custom, when you got engaged, betrothed, they saw you as basically married except for having the physical relationship. You didn't live together yet. You just simply were seen as married. And notice what takes place. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, engaged to Joseph before they came together. She, Mary, was found with child of the Holy Ghost. It was discovered that she's expecting. If you were in our service this morning, this is the passage we were in this morning. Man, when Joseph is there and finds out, perhaps Mary comes to him and says, now, Joseph, I need you to sit down. No, 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 you can't stand up for this one, honey. I'm expecting. Wait, 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 Joseph, wait, wait, wait. I'm expecting because of God. This morning we, we went and we kind of rehearsed what would be going on in Joseph's mind. All the emotions that he would be struggling with. The Bible tells us in the next verse that Joseph, her husband, he being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, he was minded, it was in his mind, to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought on these things, he wasn't irrational. Joseph didn't jump to conclusions, although he wrestled with, what am I going to do? Do I believe her? Do I not believe her? Do I allow them to stone her according to the law she's found expecting outside of our marriage? And that could take place, but I, I don't want to do that. Let's, let's just take care of this. We'll do it quietly and sign a, a bill of divorcement as Joseph is wrestling with, as he's thinking on all of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. And the angel said something. He said, hey, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall, that means definitely will bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for or because he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, he wakes up 
Being raised from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not, verse 25, until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. When the announcement was given to Joseph, the reason was given. Joseph, you're going to have a son. Mary's telling you the truth. That thing which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph, this is my plan for your life. Don't fear to take Mary as your wife because here's what's going to happen, happen Joseph. You're going to have a child. And he's going to be the Messiah. His name's going to be Jesus and the reasons given in verse number uh, 21 of Matthew chapter number one, for he shall save his people from their sins. I don't know about you, but it doesn't get much more clear than that. It doesn't get much more clear than that. That's, that's one of those where my mom would go, hey, hey, did you catch that? Hey, did you see that? Hey, the answer is looking you right in the face. You remember when you asked your mom for help with homework? Maybe you weren't like me. Maybe you were the smart kid in class, which if you were, I made fun of the smart kids in class, but uh, that's neither here nor there, and I'm not going to pick on certain people like Beth. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you remember when you asked mom, mom, I can't find the answer. Mama, I just, I just can't. Now our kids do it. You reap what you sow. I'm learning that right now. Uh, Mom, I can't find the answer. And my parents would grab it like I now grab my children's homework and literally your eyes hit the page and you're staring at the answer. And I'm like, how can you not see the answer? I mean, literally, those are the only words on this page. And just like my mother did with me, she would go, I'm not going to help you. If you can't find the answer, you are beyond help. If you can't find the answer, we are sending you back to kindergarten to teach you how to read. Why? Because that's the only words on the page. And my mom would politely or impolitely point me to the answer. And you know, usually the answer was staring me right in the face. Can I tell you, on this day when the announcement was given about Jesus to Mary and to Joseph and to all the others, as Jesus' life, as he would live his life and go through his days working miracles, the answer was literally staring humanity back in the face. You are the reason that I came. She's going to have a baby, Joseph, and that baby is going to save people, his people. Those who call upon him, he's going to save them from their sins. You see, why would I need to be saved from my sin? You know what? The truth is that our sin separates us from God. It doesn't take long. If you're an honest person, it doesn't take long to admit that you're a sinner. Well, I, I remember years ago I was out and we'll do every now and then a thing called door knocking. We'll go blitzing and knock on doors and tell people about our church and about Jesus. And years ago I was knocking and I knocked on the door and I don't know if you're related to her. If you are, tell her I'm not meaning this in a harsh way, but an 84-year-old lady answered the door and she opened the door and I began to talk to her about our church and about the Lord. And, and I said, ma'am, I said, if you were to die today, do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? Is that something you've ever been asked? And she said, no, you know, I've never, never really thought about that. And I said, ma'am, I would love to, to take a Bible and show you how you could know you're going to heaven. And she was like, okay, go ahead, Sonny, you know. And so I opened the Bible up and I began to show her some verses. And the very first thing I needed to point out was that everybody's a sinner. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm just going to kind of cruise right through this thought because, you know, she's 84, 
No doubt by now she knows. And I said, man, this says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory. Everybody's sinned. And, and she goes, oh, yeah, not me. And she was, she was as, as on, I mean, she was just as serious as all get out. She says, no, not me. I need to rethink my approach here. I said, well, no, well, no ma'am, I, I'm not meaning to correct you, but surely, I mean, this says all have sinned. Ma'am, I, I'll be honest with you, I know I've sinned. I, I know I've said bad words and I've had bad thoughts and I've had bad actions against other people. Ma'am, I, I know I'm a sinner. And, and ma'am, you, you know, think back to when you were a kid. Did you ever tell a lie? No. I said, ma'am, did you ever take anything that wasn't yours? She goes, no. (laughs) Finally, finally, after much of uh, me talking to her and trying to show her this, she finally said, you know, there there might be one thing when I was 14 or 15. I I think I might have said something bad. I'm like, perfect. That's all we need, one sin. (laughs) Because the truth is that one sin... One sin separates us from God. Oh, you, you don't have to, those parents in here, I, I think I say this every year. You don't have to teach your kids to sin. You know, I never set my kids down. My oldest is over here, Dennis, and he's 14 now. I never had to sit him down when he was two and say, no, Dennis, this is how you tell daddy a lie. I mean, a wicked, wretched little sinner over here, he already knew. <laughs> Because he's just like his dad. And I'm just like my dad. And he's just like his dad. And you're just like your dad. And you're just like your mom. What's that? We're all sinners. That's why Jesus came. He had to save his people from their sins. You see, we need forgiveness. We need restoration. We need redemption. We need a new, uh, a newfound fellowship with God because when we are born into this world, we are born sinners and that fellowship is broken completely and there is no access to God outside of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came, he came to restore us to God. He came to offer us redemption and restoration. And the fact is, since our sins sever the relationship, Jesus, Jesus is the only one who can restore the relationship. It was said to the shepherds in Luke chapter number two, verse seven down through verse number 14, that Mary, she wrapped her, uh, she wrapped forth her, yeah, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them, for them in the inn. And there were in the same country. There were shepherds. What were they doing? They were abiding in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, Behold, the angel of the Lord, he he came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. That phrase means they passed out, woke up, passed out again, and then came back too. Man, they were were scared. And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord showed round about them. They were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not. Why? Because... Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. You see, Jesus was sent, the Bible says, that his message is for all people. He came to provide every single one of us access to God through himself, Jesus Christ. He came to save us from the consequence of sin, hell. He came to save us from the control of sin in our life. And then he came to save us from the presence of sin, ultimately when we'll be in heaven with him. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10, speaking of himself. He said, because for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know who he's talking about? You're lost. I'm lost. The Bible says that when we're born into this world, we're born sinners, lost, separated from him. And he came to offer us eternal life with him. He came for you. He came for me. He came because you and I were the reason. But knowing that he came for us is not where it stops. We must choose to make a decision based upon the truth that he came for us. The Bible says it this way. The word of God says it in Romans chapter six, verse number 23. For the wages of sin is death. The payment, the penalty, the paycheck, what you and I deserve for sin, breaking God's law is death. We deserve hell. But the verse doesn't stop there. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Man, the Christmas time is coming up. And I, bet, I guarantee you right now, if I were to go to just about any kid in here and say, what are you excited about this Christmas season? They're going to say, man, I have presents under the tree. How many of you kids already have presents under the tree? How many of you want to go home tonight and open one? Too bad. Christmas isn't here yet. <clears throat> oh, listen, I am not of the persuasion that you should open Christmas gifts before Christmas. My kids try to convince me of it every year. I will win. We don't do that. But the truth is about a gift. Those gifts under the tree at our house, right now they, they belong to somebody, but they're not, in any, they're not in anyone's possession. Oh, there's a tree under there. There's a gift under there for, uh, for Lena, my daughter. There's a gift under there for uh, my two nephews and niece that live with us right now. There's a gift under there for Dennis and for Micah. And there's a gift under there for Hannah. And I don't know, but there might be a gift under there for me. And while that gift under there belongs to me, I don't own it yet. Because something has to take place for me to own that gift. I have to receive it. I have to receive it. And the truth is in your life and in mine that the gift that Jesus Christ is offering you, a gift of redemption to God and a relationship with God, it has to be received. You must choose to put your faith and your trust in him. You must choose to receive him. I must recognize that he is the only way to heaven. I must understand that he is the only way I can receive forgiveness. It says this in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wanna ask you a very simple question tonight before we end. Have you received the gift of Jesus? Have you personally received the gift 
of Jesus. Have you made the decision to put your faith and your trust completely in him? Do you know that there has been a time in your life where you received Jesus Christ into your life and got his forgiveness for your sins? You see, receiving Jesus Christ, receiving that gift, this relationship, this redemption, my forgiveness from God, it does not take place through my church attendance. It's a good thing because in 2020, most churches aren't having church. That'd be a big bummer if it counted on that one. Sorry, can't go to heaven, cancel church. But you know what? It doesn't depend on my church attendance. It doesn't depend on that. My relationship, my restoration, my forgiveness from God, it doesn't depend upon my good works. You could be the best person in the world. You could be the 84-year-old lady that answers her door and believes she's never sinned. The truth is she's sinned and both you and I know it. And deep down, she knows it. Because our good works, that can't restore us to God. My baptism can't make me right with God. My uh, confession can't get me right with God. My not-so-bad life, it cannot bring me restoration to God. My family or my heritage or my, uh, my denomination, listen, none of those things can restore me to God. The only way that we have forgiveness is by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ alone. And if you've never done that, if you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, if you would be here and in, in your heart you would recognize, you know, I've been trusting in my good works or in my church or in, in, in that priest or that bishop or that pastor or that elder. I've been trusting in, in that baptism. I've been trusting in something else. And if tonight is the night that you have never put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, tonight could be the night that it happens. Matter of fact, it's the best night for it to happen. Why? Because Jesus said through the word of God, today is the day of salvation. Hey, today's the day. And you might be here wondering with curiosity as to why Jesus came. He came to give you an opportunity to find forgiveness, redemption in him. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.